You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging. But in the 21st century, financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It is for you and me. The question is, how do we find time, avoid making painful mistakes, and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best experts on how to stop trading time for money. It is now the time you started living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shurgunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Hey, Money Bosses, are you ready to get your financial life in order? Once and for all, as soon as possible? Are you tired of living paycheck to paycheck? Do you often lose track of how much money you have to spend? Do you want to get your financial life together but just don't quite know how? I am with you. I've been there. I've struggled through all of these. And I know you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to get better. So why do you continue to struggle? I know you can get your own money in order. It took me years to figure out. It took me years of pain, struggle, frustration, anger. But you don't have to go through all of that. You don't even have to get a financial planning degree like I did in order to be successful. Allow me to present to you my Money Flow System, a free playbook of how you can automate your finances, even if you hate budgeting. After you download this free playbook, you will never have to worry about budgeting and who likes that budgeting thing anyway. You will stop accumulating debt and create a bulletproof plan of how to quickly pay it off. You will be able to pinpoint exactly what your income and expenses are. You will never have to miss a single bill again. And you will always, always have a solid idea of how much money is in each of your accounts. So head over to money-flowsystem.com to download my free Money Flow Playbook, a blueprint to streamline your finances in less five or five weeks. Guaranteed. Head over to money-flowsystem.com. Hey, Money Bosses. Welcome back to the Money Boss Podcast. Annie's here. Today, I want to talk to you about Mint.com best practices. For those of you who don't know, Mint.com is a program software application that tracks all kinds of data points, but mainly they focus on tracking your expenses, income, and putting it in different categories and giving you a really great picture of where all your money goes. Now, I've been a Mint.com user for many, many years back when they started, I think, in 2006. And so I've personally kind of come over you know, years in terms of how I use this actual platform and what I've seen clients do. So I wanted to jump on today. We just actually had a really interesting webinar with clients here at Main Street where we discussed all the bells and whistles of how to use Mint. So I thought I shared it with you too because I find this to be the tool that allows me to kind of have a peace of mind knowing that things are being aggregated. And I'll explain to you in just a bit how Mint works and some of the best practices. But I know that that peace of mind comes from knowing that my data is being tracked, 
things are being being categorized, meaning like I understand or I see where my transactions are from spending going in different categories, like, you know, things I buy at Target or if I buy things at Costco, like it puts them in different categories. So budgeting categories. And it also allows to track more things like financial goals, net worth, and looking at some other data points. And then lastly, I think I want to mention to you a couple of alternatives to Mint because not every program is for everybody. It really is based on, I think, looking at how clients receive this information and working in this industry for so long. It depends on how you process the information, how much time you have to actually spend on looking at your numbers and what is your style, really? Because we are not the same, and some of us want more data, others want less. So I think I fit in the category of the latter, meaning I need less, but I need to still know that everything is on track. So let's dive in, just talking a little bit about how Mint works, and then um, I want to share with you some of the best practices that I found are useful um, over the years. So Mint is an application that where you, it's a free, first of all, to remember, it's a free application that um, allows you, it's a portal that you can actually set up either an app on your phone, whether you use Android or um, Apple devices, um, or you can actually just use them in a browser. I started, of course, years ago in a browser and now I'm fancy, I have an app on my phone, but it works, it does the same thing. So it just depends on how you wanna view your data. So you set up an account there, it's free, there's no cost. The disclaimer to know, just right at the beginning, is that um, Mint does work on sending you different notifications. And that means so much notifications, but they show ads, right? Because when they analyze your data in the way that it sees you know, your transactions, right? So understands where you're spending your monies, they have some insights as to what's going on. So they would show you advertisement like, okay, maybe this month you would benefit from saving $50 on reducing your cable bill, right? And they'll show a few providers that offer, you know, alternative services to like Comcast. Or maybe you have a credit card debt that you're paying off and here's a better credit card that charges less interest, things like that. So nothing threatening, nothing too annoying. Yes, it's there. From time to time, I look at the offers, just just to kind of be in the loop of what's happening in industry. But that's what makes Mint free. And I'm okay with that. So you set up your account, really simple. What you need to do next is connect your other accounts, such as checking accounts, savings accounts, um, credit card accounts, wherever it is that you're paying bills from. So you connect those accounts because what Mint does is their technology is built as such, and it may sound a little scary that you're, putting your password and, you know, using your username and password to allow them to access the data. But it's really the function of how they get it is more in the read-only format. So they their program goes in, scrapes up the data so that they can finally clean it up for you, organize it, and give you a really concise picture of where all your spending is going. So I view Mint as not more of a budgeting platform, but more of a tracking platform for spending and other things. Um, so you set up your accounts, you connect all of the feeds and it starts to collect data. What's really good about Mint and I find that clients that I've worked with or people that I've interact who have Mint, have exposed to Mint.com are kind of falling into these three, three categories. They're either like 
set up their Mint account years ago, but they're not actively using it. They forgot to log in into it. It's there. Well, the good news, if you're one of those users, is that the data is still there and you can just simply log into your account. If you forgot your password, reset it, reconnect all of them, and there you have it. All you have to do is a little bit of cleanup, but we'll get there. Then there's the category of users who are actively using it. Just like me, um, I don't have to look at it daily. That's not, the, that's not the goal. Sometimes I don't look at it, you know, every other month or so until I have time. Most of the month, I'm really religious about checking it once a month when I sit down to do my global organization and bill pay for the month. And then there's, of course, the new category of folks who are hearing about it for the first time and just never done it. So which, wherever you find yourself, I think it's it's one of those tools that it's easy to set up um, and let it run in the background. That's the key to keep here in mind. Because anytime you really want to know what's going on, you log in into your account and refresh your feeds, meaning connect all of your, you know, because these links break, right? The connection between your account and actual Mint database breaks. So you refresh it and updates all your numbers and there you have it. You have an updated picture of all of your dollars are going. Now, if you were were on my webinar earlier today, then you would have obviously seen pictures and screenshots. But when you go to mint.com and browse around the website, you can actually see how, you know, what the visual is. And it's really simple. It's really straightforward. It's a clean, clean kind of screens and nothing too much. So I, I don't think you're going to be overwhelmed by it. But what I do want to talk to you about is once you sort of go through the initial steps and they do have training tutorials so you can watch a few videos of how to set up, set up accounts and, and do all of that. I want to talk to you about best practices as to how I think you can benefit from using a program like that. Now, there are alternatives to Mint that are completely different approach, structure, you know, wise applications or programs, right? But this is the one that sits in the background and you let it do all the collection. But before that really, really works for you, I, I would suggest that you set up actual categories. So budget categories. So for example, when you think about your spending, where do you think you spend the most money? Or another question is, where do you think you spend your money, period? So when you had to sit down and organize all of the all of these numbers, you would probably come up with you know, five, maybe 10 categories. Things like home, transportation, eating, personal purchases, right? vacations, entertainment categories. So I would really think about fixing variable expenses. And when you're setting up your spending categories in Mint, because that's what it's going to do. It's going to look at the transactions from your credit card statement or from your bank account. So if you bought something at Target and then you went and you got gas and then you also ate out for dinner. So all of these transactions are right coming through on your, on your accounts. It's going to pull this data. And because you're going to tell it that when I buy something in Target, right? It's, so I also think of Mint as being a little dog that you can train or like a dog. Because once you tell it a few times that... These are the habits. These are the patterns, right? This is what, what that means. It's going to aggregate those transactions for you. For the most part, they do a really good job. They've gotten really good over the years. Um, 
actually putting finding categories because they know who the merchants are right they know who the target is they know that if you go to valero for example it's a gas station then you most likely buy and gas there right or maybe snacks and things like that or if you go to starbucks they know it's coffee so they do a really good job for you on that part uh, but you still have to come up with your own bigger categories because then because then they can start to aggregate for you into smaller categories. I also like the function of subcategories. So for example, if you have home category, right? And so there you can pay for mortgage or rent, you can pay for your homeowner's insurance, property taxes, and you can have some like additional line items. So for example, you buy supplies for um, one of the items that I'm working on right now is uh, fertilizing some of the plants we have, plants and trees. So I have I spent a little bit of money in that category. So where would it go? It'll go under landscaping and gardening, but the broader category would be home. So you're looking at this sort of as a tree, and these subcategories are little tree branches that tells you or summarizes a good picture for you of what's happening. Now, what's really also cool about Mint is that it has really I mentioned this already has really visually pleasant graphics, so you can can see. You know, if you're over or under in any categories and you can set up budgets that way. Now, this is the best part about Mint is that if you've never budgeted, I would suggest, and that's okay, I would suggest you set up the account, let it let it collect some of your data for, you know, for a little bit, maybe a month or so, maybe two months, and then you go back, right? And you start to see, okay, here's a real picture. If you thought that you're spending this much money on a particular item or category or, you know, set of items, it actually will tell you, um, a, you know, a complete, it could tell you a completely different picture. Um, so start with the big categories, don't get overwhelmed, because you can really get sucked into like, tracking every little penny, which is, it will do that for you, but give yourself some time initially to onboard. Now, for those of users out there who are kind of coming back to look at Mint and consider it one more time, Take a look at your everything else category, right? I mean, still consider bigger categories to begin with. Everything else category is the category that everything else that's not in the budgeted items will be aggregated, right? And so it, it will still have transactions pulled in there in subcategories. For example, like I'm looking at the screenshot that I took from my account, like it will have checks that I wrote, right? And I don't write that many checks, but I, there's a few. Venmo transactions. So if you paid, I find that I'm paying a lot more for services like gardening. I write a check for a cleaning lady, but like gardening is Venmo. My hairdresser takes Venmo, my nail person. So those kinds of transactions, you just need to come in and code. And there's not that many. So also one category in Mint that uh, needs some work on is credit card payments. So like where would credit card payments go, right? Because it codes it, it sees that you paid your credit card off, where would you put it? So everything else category is the one that initially, once you get going, you can, can kind of give yourself some grace and let that sort of sit. Also, some items may not be really budget worthy because it might be like a one-time purchase, right? So you can maybe put it into some of these subcategories or you just let it grow um, over time. So I'm not too obsessed about this everything else category. I used to be, used to bug me. And that was one thing that kind of turned me off initially. It's like, there is just way too many things to categorize. But once I sort of wrapped my head around seeing, all right, I can see the big picture. I can see the main things. 
And also, like, we'll talk about this too. It's a good indicator, right? It's a good platform to tell you what's happening and if there's any red flags. So that's sort of the initial kind of getting over setup steps for you to uh, refresh your accounts, reconnect, or completely start from scratch. I do recommend uh, to use a couple of additional sync-in features as you as you get going with the with the program. So for example, if you want to have a complete picture, all you need to do is log in into your app on the phone or in the browser and you just refresh your accounts, make sure that you're they're connected. Now these days I use two-factor authentication on all of my bank accounts, investment accounts and things like that. So sometimes these links are broken, right? Because there's extra step necessary for you to connect and log in. So refreshing often allows for you to see more up-to-date data. Also, this is very common, but what? let's say if you pay for expenses that are work-related, for example, or if you pay for expenses, let's say you guys all go to dinner and you pick up the bill, right, from for, for the entire family or, you know, friends, and then everybody sends you Venmo, but your credit card shows that you spent $500, for example, on dinner, and so that kind of throws out your budget. So there's functions in this in the system that allow you to hide some of these from transactions from budgets, right? And then also um then you can split the the transactions from Venmo, for example, saying, All right, well I paid for the my category for eating out is rather large this month, but then I paid uh, I got paid, right, and that's kinda like considers income from you know from these Venmo payments that your friends sent you. So that's one kind of a neat feature because over time you'll find that there might be some duplicates. Also, when you when you link in accounts, like for example, I have a business Chase credit card and I have a personal Chase credit card. Well, they're all together under one login. So if I connect my Chase bank, you know, login to grab all this data, it's automatically going to see both credit cards. But in reality, I only want Mint to aggregate my personal data because business-related stuff is going to just kind of throw everything off. So I turn that off or I make sure that that account is not duplicated um, all going forward. So um, these are just some kind of behind-the-scenes um, things. Now, I mentioned this already too, but Mint has also really grown over the years and allows to for you to do other things. So if I had to think about like some of the features, I kind of always almost think of it as like a mini financial plan. You can track your spending. You can um, get notifications about you know what's upcoming. Like if you have any invoices or bills due, you can track your goals. You can track your net worth. You can track your investments. Um, so it's or you can even set up goals and um, have tracking system in place. So I feel like that's given Mint just another layer of usability and um, features where it's not just a budgeting or slash spending tracking platform. So I like it also because it allows you to look at things in one place. Like instead of having to log into this account, to that account, to the credit card, to the bank account, and you know, how do you even put together a credit card statement and a bank statement to see what you're all spending? Much less worried about like, okay, do I have a complete picture of everything where everything is is at? So net worth tracking is really good because you can see all your assets, you can see all your liabilities in one spot. Um, and then of course, like I'm big on setting goals. So when you set up a goal. That allows you to tr- stay stay on track with it. Like if you're saving, let's say five hundred dollars a month towards that goal, 
then you can log in from month to month and see how much progress you made. Like these visual graphs and charts, even though if you're not, you know, into this kind of stuff are really helpful to re reinforce that you're doing something good, you're on track, maybe there's some course corrections to be made, right? Nobody's judging, but at least you're involved um, in that altogether. So um, keep in mind, because that's that's been a really good feature um, to consider as well, is like the, the whole tracking mechanism of Mint. And then um, you can also run like historical reports. Like let's say you wanted to see, this is probably for folks who are a while, you know, been using Mint for a while and have some data that they can scrub and, and come back, but you can run reports, look in your total spending over whatever period you want, but let's say it lasts 12 months, right? So you can break it down for you into these big categories. Remember, I mentioned them to you. So like if you wanted to see how much you spend on housing in one year, uh, transportation, groceries, eating out, bills, utilities, travel, all kinds of stuff, that is something that you can do as well if you want. And they have a few different views of how you can actually look at the data. The one thing that I really love about Mint is that it has like these specific sort of summaries where it looks like, okay, here's your total spending for the year. The most money you spend on housing, which is like, yeah, that's a typical category for people. And then one other uh, note I got was like, well, the most, uh, free, the most frequently purchased category on your budget is eating, uh, eating out and food. Well, I was like, wow, that's kind of funny because that's like, we all have to eat three times a day at least. So I would assume we buy enough groceries, but it was funny to kind of look at that. Something else that I find really interesting with Mint, and this goes beyond just the basic spending tracking and budgeting, is looking at other parts of your financial plan, right? Or financial life, if you don't have a financial plan just yet. But understanding what your credit score is, right? Like, And I like because Mint has um, a... a a link or a partnership, if you will, between a free annual credit report and um, free annual credit report actually pulls data from three credit agencies, um, which is good. So it's not like you're getting just one um, credit agency to report your credit score, but you're actually getting it from all three. So consider that. And also, if you want to connect your investment accounts and start tracking your overall, um, you know, how your balances grow and all of that. Um, I think it's also an, a, another great feature. So how would I sort of wrap all of this? I know this was kind of rather quick um, review of some of the main features and things that I mainly use it for. I would suggest initially definitely set it up, clean up your categories. And then how often do you review it? I I look at it maybe weekly, five minutes. Some weeks I forget, but I definitely spend about 20, 30 minutes every month still looking at stuff and just making sure everything is in, is headed in the right direction. Maybe initially you would spend a little bit more, but going forward, once it's set up, it's a piece of cake. Get a mobile app. I really like it on my phone. Anytime I have, feel like I want to look at the spending numbers, which is not often, <laughs> I can pull it up. I feel like it can get more done faster on the phone than if I'm just in the browser because I get distracted and stuff. I mentioned that I um, was also going to share a few alternatives to Mint because I think there's definitely other programs. There's a ton more. There's um, lots of companies that came up with ideas of how to 
you know, help people track their spending since budgeting is the least favorite item. There's different methods. So I mentioned Mint is free. These three companies have a completely different approach to tracking your spending and budgeting. So first one is Tiller, T-I-L-L-E-R-H-Q.com. So Tiller, it's a spreadsheet-based approach. Same, similar idea where you set up an account with them and they collect your data and then they download it for you into the spreadsheet. So if you are into tracking your information to the spreadsheet or you can even have it on your Google Drive, then, I mean, they have really nice looking templates and everything. You can do all kinds of stuff. But if that's how you're used to tracking your data, this might be actually a really good solution. Um, second one is goodbudget.com. This is an old envelope system method. So for those of you who have been around for a while, have heard of this in good old days before we had technology or any of this good stuff, how would people budget money? They would take out cash at the ATM machine and they have envelopes that one had, for example, for groceries, one was for, for household related stuff like home and um, other was for entertainment. So you would have these envelopes where you put dollars in it and when the dollars were gone out of that envelope, that was it, the spending. So there is a tool for that, right? So that's the, the beauty of modern technologies that these kinds of ideas can be implemented um, as well. Now, the third one that is really opposite, the, the, like completely opposite of Mint is called You Need a Budget, Y-N-A-B. So Y-A-N-B.com. And with their method is, is that you give every dollar a job. So if you have $100 in your budget, every hundred dollars or all of the all of the monies in this bucket are going to be assigned to a particular goal so you can um so you don't have anything left over so it's it's more budgeting right it's really looking into like okay how do i do well with this amount of money and if i don't maybe some of my budgeting categories will be reshuffled as opposed to men so all of these three tiller good budget um and you need an uh you need a budget uh program they all are paid subscriptions, not not expensive, something like in under a hundred bucks a year, very minimal, I think. Um, but it's just I, I don't want you to get hung up on what it costs. I want you to really find a method, and that's really why this recording is about find a method what works for you. Um, if Mint is not an alternative, then some of these other platforms may suit better with how you process numbers, how you want to look at the data and whatnot. So that's it, my friends. I hope this is helpful. Um, let me know what questions you have. I'd love to hear from you what other tools you might be using to kind of keep you on track with where all your money is going and um, want to learn how much time you're actually spending on this particular topic because that seems to be the least favorite of all of, of all people to talk about. But yet we have to be faced with these micro decisions on a daily basis of like, where's my money going? So I hope this is helpful. Until next time, remember, you are the bosses of your own money. Hey, money boss. Thanks for tuning in today. If this episode did help you, then please be sure to share it with someone else you think will benefit from it too. After all, smart financial decisions are for everyone. Uh, so don't be greedy. I hope I can help you even further by sharing with you how thousands of clients I worked with in my career over the last 16 years created their very own successful financial lives on their terms. 
It's hard for me to do this over an audio, and if you are ready for the next chapter in your life, then be sure to go to mainstreet-money.com to get your free resource guide to help you begin correcting top six financial mistakes I see people make all the time, such as not having clear financial goals, not having a handle on spending or saving for the future, not knowing how to get rid of all the debts, and of course, not having a clear strategy or plan on how to protect your hard-earned money. Until next time, remember, you are the boss of your money.